Hi, and welcome to the Soul Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. During your time here, you will step into your soul through enlightened conversations, meditations, and stories about healing. I started my own journey on this path long ago by earning a master's degree in counseling, becoming certified in regression and Reiki, and doing countless hours of work to raise my own vibration. It is my hope that you will see yourself reflected in me and in my guests and find self-awareness or a healing method that will propel you further on your own path. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves. We are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Join me every Tuesday to feel more in touch with the beautiful soul that you are. Welcome everyone to the August 2021 Oracle Forecast, and I have my friend Betsy here. She is going to be helping me tap into the energies that are going to impact all of us this month. And remember that this is sort of like a weather forecast. Betsy and I are going to be checking in on the energies that will exist for everyone, but it might manifest in your life in a different way than the next person. So, you know, keep that with a grain of salt in your mind as we go through this process. Process. And let's first start just, uh, Betsy, by just introducing yourself. Let my listeners know who you are. We'd love to hear about you. Sure. Well, Dana, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Uh, this is the first time I've been on someone's podcast. So it's like, I don't know, I'm just super bubbly and excited about it. My name is Betsy Morena. I live in Maryland. I've been kind of reinventing myself over the last, I don't know, probably decade and a half. I grew up in a very conservative religious home. Not that we were like super, you know, we weren't like the Duggars or anything super <laughs> yeah. crazy like that, but you know, just a typical evangelical Christian home. And this stuff was all very taboo. And, you know, I was allowed to read Harry Potter and watch Disney movies. It wasn't, but like this sort of thing with the cards and nature and the, it was, that was just so not something that we talked about, but I never really felt super connected to my faith growing up. I knew what to say and do, and it was like a part of my life, but it wasn't something that I really deep down felt a real true calling to in my early twenties, my husband and I started to like rethink our, our religious views and kind of like left a lot of that stuff behind. It was a slow process. It was like little by little things would fall away. And we stopped going to church, I think, I don't know, maybe seven years ago and stopped considering ourselves Christians, like short, very shortly after that cards and stuff didn't come into my kind of sphere of influence until really recently, actually, I have some, a group of friends here and we, we kind of all started on this journey together a little bit. We started a little moon circle. Uh, so we meet every month on the full moon and we do like little rituals and just kind of talk and share and just kind of be with each other, but kind of, you know, picking up on the energies of the, of the moon and, and the seasons. I'm really into like, I do feel a big connection to the shifting seasons and how that impacts me, but I got my first deck of cards on December 3rd. That's my birthday as a gift. 
And I really have not looked back. I kind of took like a deep dive. And when I get interested in something, I just like really dive all in. So I read a billion books in just a few weeks and really studied tarot. There's so many resources out there. I watched several like YouTube courses and read a lot of books and, you know, just really working with my intuition, which if you have any, if any of your listeners have experience in growing up as a Christian and evangelical Christian, that's like very not the thing to, to have developing is your intuition. It's very like, you shouldn't trust yourself. You should only trust God. So making that switch just really felt like I could breathe and it felt like coming home to myself. So it was a really, that combined with cards was, I don't know, it just felt right and fun and not like some tedious chore or something. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I just so identify with your story. And I think a lot of my listeners do as well, kind of coming from a Christian background, or I know a lot of my listeners are still kind of involved in the Christian church. And so it's almost like they're peeking behind the curtain a little bit listening to this, like, what are other people doing? You know, how have they come from that background and entered this space? And so I'm curious, hearing about your moon circles, how did you find a group of women that were aligned with what you were aligned with. How did you kind of create that almost from nothing? Yeah. I actually went back on my Amazon like order history because it was in 2017 that I ordered a book on Amazon called Moon Circle. I think it's al- it's almost like self-published by this woman in England and it's little, you could read it in half a day. But as I was leaving the church and not that I in immediately wanted to replace that with something. Cause I think it is important to kind of, and not that you have to leave the church to do this. You could do both right. at the same time. But for me, that was the right move, but it was, it was something that intrigued me, but it was really something that I, I didn't feel comfortable talking about a whole lot. Certainly my family would, it was not something that they would have supported. So I didn't really say a whole lot about it for a couple of years. And I just kind of kept waiting and, it was always in the back of my mind, something I wanted to do. And then I reconnected with a friend from high school, kind of around that same time. And she lives near me. I kind of believe in this, like, it's like the theory of like multiple discoveries that sometimes when things are meant to be, it just pops up. We all had this awakening or calling or draw. We had been friends for years before, it started as a group of like four of us. And then it has grown. We're about like eight or nine of us now, but we all sort of fell into it at the same time. And we just was one of those things where like, I kind of went out on a limb about a year or so ago, almost in a joking way to like test the waters. we just bought uh, a lot and it was in the woods, which is something that's always been, I don't know, kind of part of my soul being around the trees and stuff like that. And I, kind of joked to my friend, Jess, I said, you know, this is going to be a great place to have a moon circle someday. We can just like hang out outside and like stare at the moon and make a fire. And I didn't even really know what all I was doing. She was like sort of into it. And I was like, okay, well then like maybe we could. So I don't know. I think sometimes you just have to put yourself out there. And then I went back. And when I realized like I had ordered this book, like at that point, it was like three years before 
it took me like three years to really find the courage or confidence or security in myself, not caring what people thought I should or shouldn't be doing to just kind of put myself out there. And I think when you're ready to do that, the universe really answers back. I love that answer. And I totally agree. When I had my spiritual awakening, so to speak, I went to a medium and she essentially told me, you know, you have untapped abilities that you're not using, that you're not tapping into. And that's part of what's creating the depression in your life. I was so, I was struggling so badly at that point in time. And she recommended a book for me to read called Spirited by Rebecca Rosen. And I was like, oh my God, I bought that book several years ago. And it's, it's almost like our soul knows and they tap, you know, they're like tapping us on the shoulder. We do these random years down the line, maybe even it makes sense. So I just, I totally relate to that, that I think once you decide you're going to make a change or you're going to align with a certain energy or you just want to change, everything will rise to meet you and you will be supported and given the people and the tools that you need. So I love that answer that it just kind of fell into place for you. So I know you just said that recently you just got your first deck. It hasn't even been quite a year yet since you've had one, right? So what was your first deck? And also a caveat to that, what is your favorite deck right now, whether it's that first one you bought or something different? Okay, great question. My first deck was the Mystic Mondays deck by Grace Duong. I still love that deck. It's really graphic as not like graphic as in horror, but graphic as in like, as a cool graphic design. It's a minimalist, bright colors, which is kind of my thing. I was drawn to that. And I really like that deck. It's a little hard to shuffle. They're thick cards and they, and they have a cool rainbow foil edging on them, which is beautiful, but they are a little harder to shuffle. So I don't find myself using that deck as much, but it was a great way to kind of like dip my toes in because it was colorful and the images were not simple as in not enough meaning to draw from, but approachable. My current favorite deck is the Tarot of the Divine by Yoshi Yoshitani. I feel like it really aligns with my sensibilities, my personality. I majored in English in college. So I love stories. And I also am really interested in the whole like personality typifying. I just like that inner work and things. So for me, tarot in general, but specifically this deck really combines story with inner work and examining yourself. And I think a lot of times when we can put some of these concepts into stories, they really make sense. And for your listeners who don't, who aren't familiar with this deck, she took folklore and fairy tales and gods and goddesses from all cultures and used them to build this deck. And so each card has a fable or story or mythical tale that kind of goes along with it. So it really does help illuminate, I think, the meaning behind the cards. I totally agree. And every time I use that deck, I think, my gosh, this must've been so much work, like researching all these stories to find one that aligns with this car. Like my goodness, what a beautiful, like labor of love created. Do you have the beneath the moon book that goes with it? No, I don't. In addition to the guidebook, then she also wrote this book and it's like each, it's like a bigger book. So each page has like, it kind of encapsulates the story the myth or tale or fable of each card in a a little bit more detailed way. So it kind of gives you the background of, of each card, which is, I don't know, it's kind of a fun 
deeper look into the story behind the card and why she matched that story or person or figure with that specific tarot card. Oh my gosh, I have to get that because you know, the actual book that comes with the deck for anyone who doesn't have it, it's very short. Like it's just a little blip about like, this is about this God or goddess or this cultural story. And this is how it relates. But to be able to read more about it, I think would be really nice. So I'm going to have to order that. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we hop into this and see yeah, what's do that? I'm actually switching it up. This is also, there's a lot of firsts with this episode as the listeners will find. I am using Uh, a different deck for the first time ever since I started doing these Oracle card readings on the podcast. Normally I use the wisdom of the Oracle by Colette Baron-Reed. I am switching to the Oracle of the seven energies also by Colette Baron-Reed. I have just recently felt very aligned deck. And so we're going to switch to that. So the first card that came up for this month is broken open. And as always, I will put pictures of my cards and also of Betsy's cards on social media. And I will have links in the show notes below to my page as well as Betsy's page so that you can see these photos if you like. This broken open card really exemplifies going through a difficult time and finding the benefit in it. So experiencing grief, experiencing loss, and that's not necessarily of a person who has passed, although it Um, but it can also be a grief or a loss of an old part of yourself, a piece of you that you are letting go and releasing in order to become something new. And this card really honors the challenge that we go through the kind of dark night of the soul. When we let go of who we used to be as we are becoming someone new. And this card is also reminding you though, that when you break yourself open, when you are willing to be raw and vulnerable, you are able to connect to spirit. And you can see that in the imagery on this card, this woman, um, her chest, her heart is just illuminated. Her heart chakra, all of her chakras really are kind of illuminated in some way, but her crown and her heart are the things that stand out to me the most that they have put a ton of light around in this artwork. And so her heart is opening. And as we, as we grieve the loss, that's only because we have loved something so much and a part of ourselves so much or a person so much, but when we release it, we are able to, again, like I mentioned before, connect to that God source within through the crown chakra. And so those two chakras are really going to be open. I think for a lot of us this month, if we are willing, if we are able to open up to what is and allow what will be to come. And so I think this is just such beautiful imagery. The woman is sitting on a, I think it's a Lotus flower in a cross-legged position. She's meditating, but there's stars just bursting everywhere around her and just so much light um, Mm -hmm. and luminosity. It really is a beautiful image. And it reminds me of kind of what we were talking about before. Like when you put yourself out there, the universe does honor that. Sometimes I feel like we try to hide our grief or minimize it. When we are able to do that, there's so much growth that comes from that. And you always look back and say, I'm I'm not happy that that happened necessarily, but I am glad for the lessons I learned or it made me stronger or change me for the better. And I think, you know, when we do allow ourselves to be vulnerable and broken open like that, I think, you know, it's like a seed. When you plant a seed in the ground, it's in the dark. It's like desolate. It looks like hopeless. Like there's no 
light down there, but it breaks open and that's where the growth comes from. And I think we have to go through those moments to get to the beauty of the flower that comes after. Yes. I 100% agree with that. (laughs) That's beautiful. So what's the first card that you pulled, Betsy? Let's see how that goes with this. Okay. So I'm using the tarot of the divine um, that we just talked about. First card is the devil. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. In this deck, the devil card is represented by a snake on fire, weaving its way through. It looks like the, the woods and it looks like there's some kind of like bodies or insects, or I guess it looks like their bodies underneath as the snake is winding and he's looking directly at you as you're looking at the card. People can be, I think, really intimidated in tarot by some of these darker cards. And it kind of is like in that similar way to that broken open, we don't necessarily want to go to those places in ourselves. And the devil in tarot doesn't mean the devil is coming for you. Like, I don't believe that is a real being of any kind. I don't think that there's anything like out to get us or some form of eternal punishment at all. I don't hold those beliefs. But I do think that in ourselves, we can kind of put ourselves in bondage. That's sort of the the deeper meaning behind this tarot card is that we put ourselves in these chains sometimes or we bind ourselves to these bad habits or people who don't have our best interest at heart, people that like toxic relationships, vices, things like that, that we kind of chain ourselves to. And in a traditional tarot deck, there are two people underneath like the goat devil guy in the card and the people are chained to him and to each other, but their chains aren't really that tight and they could kind of break free if they wanted. We don't have to stay in this place. The devil card for me is, is kind of like acknowledging some of those, like I just said, I don't like to do (laughs) is kind of like, okay, maybe we need to acknowledge that and like burn some of those things down. I think August can be the hottest month of the year. So to have this card that has a fiery nature to it, I think sometimes we can burn some of that stuff away. Summer seems to be a good time. Your schedule's a little different. If you've got kids, they're not in school. I'm a teacher. So like my summers are much more different. And I do have some extra time in these months to kind of focus on me. And I think it's easy to get busy and not wanting to go to these deeper places. But I think owning some of the things that we're maybe tied to that we could be vulnerable about, that could break us open, that we could let go of and shed some of that, like a snake sheds its skin. I feel that energy. And I I think it really goes with the broken open card that you had just pulled. Yes. I I think they're perfect compliments for one another. And I think they're telling us very clearly what we need to let go of some of those vices, like you were talking about those things that maybe we create 100% that are not actually things that we are bound to in this life. Like they're not karmic things. They're not circumstantial. They're things that we create ourselves. It's time to let go of that. And I think the broken open card is acknowledging that there may be some grief of letting go of who you are without those things. But what's funny is the next card that I pulled is the endless possibilities card. So this to me is telling us that on the other side of this grief and this breaking open and this letting go of shedding skin is like endless, endless possibilities that we can't even imagine what our lives could be without these things that we create for ourselves. 100%. (laughs) 
<laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, I say this all the time as I like pull cards. It's like, how do they do how, it? How does it happen? It, I don't how know. Does it happen? It's just, it, it. there's a magic behind it. There's like an energy for sure. I just think what a beautiful path. It can be intimidating. If these cards are like a little path for the month of August, mm-hmm. like a forecast, like to take that first step to allow yourself to be broken open, to, to recognize those vices or, and they don't even have to be that. It doesn't even have to be this big dramatic thing, right? It could be these little patterns of behavior that you know, just aren't serving you, you know, it can be daunting to kind of address them. But when you have the hope of endless possibilities, letting these things go can bring you like, there's really like hope and light in that. It could be as silly as an evening ice cream routine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that is literally what this could be talking about. It could be saying like, okay, your use, your vice is having ice cream every single evening. You don't know who you are without that winding down of ice cream after you get the kids to bed. But when you take that habit away, it opens up time for you to meditate, to journal, to pull cards, whatever. And who knows what downloads you could get? Like it literally could be as simple as a bowl of ice cream. I mean, It doesn't have to be, like you said, some huge death of the ego, although it could be for some people. That's the thing about these cards is that for someone, maybe their spiritual awakening is going to coincide with these cards and they hear that and they're about to enter the dark night of the soul and letting go of all of what they know about themselves. So it could be as simple as that, or it could be as huge as that. And it's all of it is equal and all of it is beautiful and all of it is going to bring us these endless possibilities that are being talked about in this card. And it's just about opening your arms and just open you know, again, there's the crown chakra on this card, this little girl and the artwork of the card is kind of looking down, but there's these beautiful stars like right on the center of her head. And so it's about just opening your arms up to the universe and just saying, show me the way, show me what I need to let go of and allow me to open up to something new. That's really all that these cards are asking you to do. Right. Right. And it takes trust and it takes taking that first step, but I really believe that the universe wants to say, yes, it's holding us. And as long as we are willing to take that step, it's going to meet us there. Yes. Yes. All right. What's coming up for you next? Okay. (laughs) I pulled the queen of coins, which (laughs) goes right in line with this path that we are building here in tarot. There are four suits. And so there are four different queens and she is one of the most nurturing and grounded in the deck and not only grounded, but generous and has a ton of resources. Coins or pentacles is the suit of earth and finances and career and job and just some of these like tangible health and and earthly kind of matters. So all of this work that we've done, your cards have been like largely on the head chakra. This kind of brings it all down to a tangible earthly level here. And she's so nurturing and so successful and a healer in this deck. She is like this beautiful African goddess queen. She's confident. She's like topless and there is a snake around her. Interestingly enough. Um, So it's kind of like you've conquered the devil from my previous card and tamed it. This snake in this one is kind of behind her. She's stepping out from it, but she's got her hand on it. And um, it's kind of looking at her. I don't know. It's almost like the snake is admiring her. This is a goddess from Australia. So it's like indigenous. She just looks so confident and powerful, but 
also loving, I feel like. There's like this warmth that kind of radiates from her. It's almost like the next step on the path that once you kind of walk this way, walk through something like this, you kind of channel this energy in yourself, this like queen, confident healer energy. I love that the symbolism of the snake has moved from the devil card to here that we are seeing, like you said, that it's almost like we can take these vices and we can master them. And then they are going to admire us for our hard work and for the way that we take control of our lives and sheer abundance is going to come. Right. uh, That's a great word. Yes. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So aligned. So aligned. Okay. The last card that I have pulled from my deck is time machine. Mm -hmm. And there's several ways that I would interpret this card if I just pulled it and didn't know the meaning from the actual guidebook. Mm -hmm. But what Colette, the author really uh, intended for us to interpret this card as is working with ancestors. And so I think it's interesting that you pulled an Aboriginal card just now. I don't know how many of my listeners are in Australia. I know there are some, but I would take that as also just an extra underlining to look back at your family tree. If you are not sure what your vices are, this is an opportunity to break cycles of patterns that have been in your family for centuries and decades and This is an opportunity in August to not only heal yourself, but to work backwards through time and to heal your ancestors by breaking these chains and becoming their dreams, what they wish they could have conquered, that you have the opportunity to now face and break for future generations as well. Even going back to that simple ice cream thing, it could be that you learn disordered eating from women in your family that goes back generations. And you know what I mean? It it seems so simple, but nothing really is so simple, right? Everything is just reverberating back and forth through time and all of the powerful changes that we make and conquering that snake, it's creating these ripple effects back and forth through time and changing our timelines, changing the trajectory of your own life. This month is incredibly powerful to me. I'm feeling incredibly powerful. I don't know if there's any eclipses coming up this month, but (laughs) this is in line with like eclipse energy of like radical change, you know? Yes. And I, I, I feel what you were saying about the ancestral work, I think is such a beautiful privilege that we have. And, you know, from my background growing up, it was just not something that was accessible or given permission to, to do or talk about. There was no insight there. I think the closest thing that Christianity maybe, or traditional Christianity maybe touches on is this idea of generational sins. Growing up, it would, the only recourse you would have for something like that was just to pray about it and maybe hope it would go away. But we have permission and ability to actually step up and make those changes. We don't have to feel so hopeless or with our hands bound. And the fact that we can actually heal not only ourselves, but the women and children and and anyone who comes after us and, and the ones who have come before us, I think is just a really beautiful, powerful concept. And what an honor to be able to, to get to do some of that work. We're living in a very powerful time in history where we do have the ability to change things that have not been able to be changed in the past. You're right. We need to not take that for granted and to be grateful for it. 
So that's beautiful. Yeah, and it's a lot of work and it's scary, especially, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have some experience with this as being like the first person in your family to break away and do something very different to be mm -hmm. raising your children in a different way to be like ordering and organizing your life, aligning your life with something very different. It can be really, really scary, but my constant focus has been on my daughter, whose name is also Colette, give her the things that I wish I had had and to, and to allow her the freedom of choice and, and those options that I, I really didn't feel I had as, as a child or a young adult. But, you know, this awakening that's coming for me is like, it's not only just about her. It's like, what about all the women in my family who maybe would have wanted to do this, but felt so trapped or constrained by societal expectations or familial obligations that they really didn't have the luxury to step out and do that. And I'm able to do that. So, you know, what an honor that is. I totally agree. Yes. 100%. Let's see what your final card is. My final card is the seven of cups, which in this deck is actually represented by Aladdin, which I think is probably a, a fable a fairy tale that most people are familiar with. Um, so in this card, Aladdin is looking at seven genie lamps that are kind of floating in the air in front of him. And I think the seven of cups really does represent kind of like that endless possibilities card that you had pulled before where there are lots of options in front of him and that can be distracting. You know, I think there's, this card comes with a bit of a warning, lots of options, lots of possibilities, but a warning of not to get distracted or maybe take on more than you should. Mm -hmm. um, I think when we're doing this kind of deep work, whether it's as big as like changing patterns in your family or not eating that bowl of ice cream every night, I think like you said, big or small, these things have ripple effects and we just don't know how significant even these little things are, we might not know that, but it could be generations from now that they become a huge thing. But anyway, the work that's presented before us, I think we do need to be careful in not taking on more than we can handle because there's a possibility, I think, for burnout or overexhaustion or just general like decision paralysis. Sometimes you could be so enamored by all of these options and possibilities you have that you never actually make a choice and you kind of just float on the surface instead of choosing one thing or choosing a path, choosing something to, to work through and really diving in. It's a great reminder that we have work to do, but we have to make a choice. And, you know, it, I don't know that he could make a wrong choice here, but you have to make a choice. You have to take that step. You could sit down and think about the themes that have come up and been like, oh my gosh, there's so many different things that I could try to tackle in August. And I think that's a wonderful sage advice to kind of just zero in on maybe one thing to, so to keep from getting overwhelmed. The other interpretation that I have personally for seven of cups is I also like to remind myself that everything that I need is within me. He's looking at all of those cups, genie lamps in, in this illustration. And it's like, you don't always necessarily need all those things to solve the problem. Like everything you actually need is within you. And so I think also just adding to that, remember that if you feel overwhelmed, all of the answers are right within you. You don't need anything external. You don't need anyone else. It's all within you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially, 
especially if you have been doing this work, you know, then those things will be, I think they're within all of us, but going back to the very first card that being broken open, opening yourself up gives you maybe quicker access to those things. You know, I think it's important to always be cultivating that intuition and that connection with yourself so that in moments where you are faced with some kind of a decision or a dilemma or something like you have that almost instant recall, like, no, I got this. Like I have this in me to do this. Exactly. Exactly. This is a really powerful month. I mean, taken all together, I think August is showing us that there's kind of a lot of work to be done, but to just remember to take it slow and to remember that you can do this and that you have all the tools that you need and not to get too bogged down by the big picture of things and to remember that there's just endless beauty that's waiting for you on the other side of of this work this month. So Betsy, if anyone is interested in reaching out to you, where can they contact you? So really it's Instagram, pink moon mystic um, is my handle there. And I sometimes pop in and do like card pools and I'd like to connect on in that way. I've been sort of toying with slowly building a little website. So maybe that's coming soon, but yeah, that's kind of the, the primary way to connect. Perfect. That's awesome. I will put a link to your page again in the show notes below. And I just want to thank you so much for being here and for helping me to tap into this energy. I think your energy that you bring is so beautiful to this space. And I always look forward to your card posts. So thank you for being a part of this episode today. Dana, thank you so much for having me. This was, I'm excited for August. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at thesoulrisingpodcast.com or at the underscore soul rising podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.